welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Fitbar Pod. We are the podcast that talks about Scottish football through the unique lens of Fantasy Fitbar. My name is John and I'm joined by the man who's currently fourth in Scotland in Fantasy Premier League. Scobie, how does that feel? I didn't know if that was going to get a mention. <laughs> but yes, I am, I am the um, CHBFC sitting atop of uh, the Fantasy Premier League um, Scotland table. Almost, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's not, I've not quite carried that form into uh, Fantasy Football Scotland, though, which is obviously the more important one. I'm, you're I'm, a bit like Shane Duffy. You're, you're a bit like Shane Duffy. You're really good at FPL, but shite in Scotland. Yeah, Premiership just cannot prove myself down there. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm all good, John. And listeners, we've got a real treat for you. Unless you've been living under a rock, obviously Celtic has been in complete turmoil, so we thought it was best to get our resident... Um, Catholic man, Celtic man, Craig Gagan, great to have you on again, mate. Cheers for having me. I'm looking forward for a bit of a therapy session, to be honest. <laughs> it's been a tough couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, it'll be cathartic for you, we yeah. all. I'm sure there'll be limited sympathies from uh, no, no. Um, yeah, the rest of Scottish football, but yeah. I mean, it just, we'll come on to it, but it has just been, I mean, you know, in lockdown, it's, it's very boring just now, life, but I tell you what, things coming out of Parkhead, the noises coming out of Parkhead really has kept me going in this past uh, seven days. Yeah, me too, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Lowell, also known as the greatest showman. Best time. Anyway, we'll, we'll, let's, let's crack on. What's been happening around the league this week, John? Well, the way that we're going to talk about what's happening in the league now, Scobie, is we've got a new section to introduce to part one, and it is called Bra or Gnaw. Love it. I feel like it needs its own theme tune. I'm going to have to do some work in the background <laughs> to give it it's a, little, you know, a, little bit, a little musical number over the top. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's Bra and Gnaw. Should I say Bra and Gnaw, not Bra or Gnaw? Or Gnaw and Bra? Bra, anyway. bra and Gnaw. <laughs> so that's how we're going to treat part one is each of us so uh, Gagan is our guest you can go first you can tell us something that was bra or I'd imagine you'd want to tell us something that was gnaw from the last uh, seven days so, and then I'll take you through my bras and gnaws Scobie will go through his and that will hopefully catch up on a bit of news during the week how does that sound? Brilliant Sounds good man So Gagan without further ado what was your gnaw over the last seven days? So, <laughs> my gnaw is some of the works that's been going on in the last few months at Celtic. Right, so I'm, I'm just going to have a little rant here. It's got nothing to do with fantasy football, but I'm just going to have about a minute or two rant. So I just want to go through some of the stuff that's happened since we've been pumped out of the Champions League, or sorry, the Europa League knockout stages by Copenhagen. So since then, we've been pumped out of the Champions League qualifiers by Fenichevaras, finished bottom of our Europa League group, we're the first seeds. We've lost 8-2 on aggregate to Sparta Prague and almost tied the most goals conceded ever in a Europa League group, which would be a historical achievement. Two wins in 13. 16 goals conceded, 13 of which are set pieces if you're including pens. Pumped out the League Cup by Ross County, who sacked their manager a week after for being pish, who are bottom <laughs> of the league. Title finished by January the 2nd. 18 games played by Celtic. Protests at the park, which resulted in the fans, uh, sorry, the board doubling down on Neil Lennon. Fences put up around Celtic Park to stop the fans getting in. Shane Duffy, full stop. Right? On to Dubai, okay? Mid-season, warm weather training camp to Dubai during a pandemic following handing the title over to your rivals. <laughs> next day, captain and manager photograph, uh, photograph next to the 
Blackpool having pints on the sunbeds. <laughs> Brought a one-legged Christopher Julian over on crutches for a warm weather training camp in Dubai, right? Long haul flight. Brought him over, right? Catches COVID. <laughs> comes back. 13 players isolating, including management staff. Law and Brown then come out. Brown comes out saying um, that you've had permission months ago. Brown says the immortal line of sometimes you're allowed to sit on the sunbeds. <laughs> Draw one each with the game we'd rearranged to accommodate this Dubai trip with Hibs with a skeleton team to put us 10 billion points behind them. Law then does a U-turn, apologises and says it might not have been in the best interest of Scottish football this trip. <laughs> Which, was, you know, didn't know that. And today... As of today, we furloughed the under-18s. And Neil Lennon, Peter Law, Dermot Desmond all still on a job. Right? <laughs> oh, very good, Gagan. Very good. Absolutely. <laughs> like, uh, indefensible. And as I say, limited sympathies from all of Scottish football. Won a lot recently, but... Uh, I, um, that was it. I'm done. I, I just, I, I mean... I shambles. I, how the mighty fall. Uh. I know. I mean, in more own goals, Celtic have scored PR-wise in this last week than Gary Caldwell did in his career. <laughs> that was no shortage of them. Unbelievable. It seemed like we hired Rangers PR from the last 10 years and brought it to us. It's uh, uh, honestly indefensible. Everything coming out of the club is embarrassing. And it's... I don't know what else to say. That was my rant. You, you've summed it up uh, <laughs> very, up. very well. And I almost, I almost feel sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, emphasis on almost. Yeah. I um, wish we could have added on that you lost the Scottish uh, Cup final to, to that long, long list of... No, nah, we beat a championship uh, team. We weren't playing anyone serious. You did that, manage to get a championship team, as you say. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's, um, it is, it on a serious note, just been quite remarkable. One thing after another. Um, and it must be the pressure of... You know, the pressure the Rangers have been putting them under this season purely in the league because it feels like spilt into everything. and spilled into the way that the club's handled itself. Um, the way that you've played, I don't know if that pressure's ridden into Europe or if those problems were long-standing. I just think when you've got... When you're conceding 13 goals out of 16 from set pieces, like maybe do some work and training on set pieces and defending set pieces... You know, maybe that's the solution. It's like when you get Lennon out post-match interviews saying like, "Oh, we didn't, we didn't want it enough," and you know, like, "I don't believe in tactics," that sort of stuff. It's just like, you know, might as well just get a bloke in the pub and give him the job, and just why not? He's good banter. He's good Celtic man. So like, might as well just get that. For a no-nonsense defender, Shane Duffy gets involved in a lot. Man. <laughs> that's, that's a good I, good I, I run out of words for him. I um... honestly run out of words for him. I did want to pick that up. Obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll pick up on the Hibs-Celtic game. You, you uh, touched on it there. Um, I mean, to be honest, Celtic, for fueling the team, they did, didn't put in a terrible performance, but they were playing um, honking Hibs of late, mm -hmm. who were you know winless in three and had been playing some pretty poor football. Um, Turnbull, uh, who I think you're going to come on to shortly, he obviously showed us why he was player of the month for December with that with that free kick, which was which was a stunner. But what on God's green earth are Duffy, Laxall and McGregor doing and that Three of them on the goal line. And that final free kick. It is an embarrassment. Schoolboy. 
it's just schoolboy. Like, uh, I think as you rightly said, clearly like, they did not decide to do set piece defending on that um, long sunny trip in Dubai. It just isn't acceptable, really. Like these are professional players, and if they can't, if you've got no one to organise them, this is the sort of stuff that happens. I don't know. Like that Hibs game, I thought was a bit of a whole hum sort of thing. It looks, I, I was pretty unimpressed with Hibs to be honest. Um, mm. Didn't think any of our youngsters looked good. No, well, not like they've been getting coached properly or anything like that. So, just, just a shambles. But as you say, David Turnbull is, is the bright spark in Celtic. If you're going to get a fantasy player in your team for Celtic, get David Turnbull. If you're going to get a second one, get Sorrow. And if you're going to get a third one, don't. Basically, is my advice. <laughs> Which probably runs us in nicely to what if you can find any. Uh, light in this tunnel. What, what's your what is your bra for who? So I actually I kind of have two to be honest because there was a one there's a signing for Hibs yesterday who I really like, um, but we might come on yeah. to him later. Okay. But well, yeah, if I'm gonna, if I'm stuck with Celtic, obviously David Turnbull. I just want to again remind everyone that the only reason he's playing is because we had a dead rubber in Europe, and uh, we finally played the second team, and then Turnbull and Sorrow turned out they're actually pretty decent. So we stumbled on it, but yeah, Turnbull is a decent player. I'm just, I'm sorry for him having to play with for this current establishment. But, yeah. yeah, he's uh, nah, he's great, and at the value he is, he's a fantasy football Scotland essential. He's going to start he with Celtic, and, and as bad as you make it out, Celtic, they still will. You still will win more games than you lose going forward. So just picking those players that haven't had to isolate now for for uh, for ten to fourteen days or whatever it is. Um, so that's your non-bra summed up, Gibbo. Yeah, thanks for that, boys. Thanks, and and nicely, actually, I'm going to um, take my gnaw and bra here. Um, and my gnaw, actually, for this month was that Turnbull did get player of the month for the Scottish Premiership in December. I think, obviously, he had an excellent month. And if he continues the way he's going, you know, it's going to be very difficult for Steve Clark to ignore that in the summer European Championships. But for a Celtic team that did, don't forget, draw with St. Johnston during that month, it should have been a Livingston player. Like, they won every single game. They played four. They won four. They kept two clean sheets. Guthrie scored twice. Uh, Robbo, who's now playing up front for them, scored twice as well. Um, Pittman's been brilliant. You know, it should have been one of those players. It was such, you know, you can talk about scoring own goals PR-wise. This one for the Scottish Premiership, for me, it had to go to a Livingston player. That's a very fair point, John. I think the only thing you could say is Livingston have been such a good team. There hasn't really been one complete standout, but nah, I completely take your point there, to be honest, mate. Mm-hmm. It's a conspiracy. So that was my <laughs> no. And then my bra for this week, uh, Gagan, you just talked about it earlier as well, is Irvin Jackson. What a sexy signing that is for Hibernian. Uh, the man who has Mo Sislak tattooed on his shin. Absolutely love that. Um, <laughs> That's a good bit of... Uh... Yeah, I saw that. It's, have you seen his Instagram in general? It's um, it kind of belongs in a Haggerston or your kind of area of London, I think, John. He's, it's it's pretty hipster stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, so get the Australians. I like Jackson Irvin as well as Irvin Jackson, but yeah, the uh, the uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's a former Celtic youth, and uh, I've always I've got a weird thing for following Celtic youth, and he was properly decent at Burton from League One to Championship and then I think he was doing well at Hull I don't know how he's fallen out of favour but I think that's a proper decent signing now it's just, yeah. I don't know Hibs have been on a hopeless run of form but uh, he's a proper player Well you, you think with, with Hibs you know they obviously have been missing that sort of Scott Allen spark you know this guy's won the League Cup at Ross County and Hibs are you know in the semi-finals League Cup as well he could be lifting more silverware Definitely, definitely. Big good physical boy as well Yeah Good, good Barnet. 
So yeah, Keep I think these would be the exciting signing and one to watch out for in um, Fantasy Football Scotland. I actually don't think they've, they've put a price on him now. It's 4.3 million. Okay. So it's quite expensive. So maybe it's a see how it goes, but I think definitely one to consider. Scooby. Sorry. It definitely is one to consider, but um, only one to consider when Hibbs, uh, I mean, maybe that Celtic result gives them a bit of a bounce, although, you know, they were throwing this terminal home to play that game in the first place, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see how they go, because they've not been playing well of late. So, well, you guys have kind of covered all the main talking points, so I'm going to go slightly left field with mine. I am going to start with my gnaw, and do you know what's gnaw any good, boys? It's Bobby Madden's eyesight. <laughs> One of the poorest decisions I have seen in Scottish football of late, and that's saying something. And it's pretty inexcusable, given that there's no crowd or pressure on the man. Uh, and he had a fairly uninterrupted view of it. Um, a real shocker. I, I don't know if you've seen the, the penalty I'm talking about. This is, of course, St Mirren's penalty to earn them a draw against Motherwell. I thought it was ex- particularly harsh on Graham Alexander. Um, we'd have given him a good bounce coming into the club where he's just taken over at. We, we talked about that a bit before. Um, uh, so, yeah, pretty unfortunate for them because they, they did look a little bit tighter, a bit more organised, a little bit more hungry as well. But St Mirren have nicked a point there thanks to old Bobby. A moment, a moment of Bobby madness. Um, yes, a moment of mm-hmm. Bobby madness. Um, and what's our bra, just to bring it back, uh, bring it back to us, actually... Uh, my bra this week is our 1,000 Twitter followers. Woo! Oh, Congrats, nice boys. Bra. Nice, bro. Thank you to everyone. Um, and a serious note for supporting us and uh, getting involved on Twitter. It's a really good community around Fancy Football Scotland. Lots of people contributing, asking questions every week. And just general chat in the, in the sort of um, days and hours up to the, up to the kickoff. So, um, yeah, it's cracking. And thank you, everyone. Um, Long may it continue. Congrats, boys. Great achievement. Hello, and welcome back to part two of this week's Fantasy Fit Bad Pod. We've got resident Celtic fan Gagan in the house, but to take us through some of the games from last weekend, Scobie, where do you, would you like to start? Where would I like to start? Um, I'm going to start with one of the most recent ones because there is some fun uh, talking points. Dundee United St Johnston, let's go to first. Um, for, so wins have been hard to come by for both of them. Um, despite playing some uh, attractive football or looking generally solid as they both have done all year. Uh, so it was an interesting contest, this, um, at Tanadice. Um, Apere finished a beautiful little move from Clark and Shankland, uh, which I think Clark got the last ball on, um, which got them 1-0 up nice and early, getting United off the mark, as I say. And then it was a man we talked about when he first came into the league, and um, we had high hopes for Guy Melamed, who got his first for Super Jays uh, from uh, Wotherspoon Corner, which pegged them back 2-1-1. Uh, and it was that man again, Wotherspoon, fed Kane shortly after to make it 2-1. I think Wotherspoon's been so impressive this year. Um, 4.4 million he is. He's now got three goals, four assists. Um, are you guys considering him, either of you? Definitely, I would say. Um... 
Yeah, definitely. He's a good player. He's St. Johnston's main creator. Pretty cheap. St. Johnston, I think I've got some okay fixtures coming up. Um, on the Dundee United end of things, what a strike. <laughs> yeah. What a strike by Lawrence. I did not think he had that in his locker at all. But um, again, it's kind of Nicky Clark is seeming to be the more consistent one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. From a fantasy um, standpoint. Yeah, I think we've talked about Nicky Clark more than probably any other player at this point. <laughs> Constantly <laughs> pop up. We're either telling him to get rid of him or, uh, or talking about the fact he scored and he's still there. Um, but you're Just right, the Shanklin strike. John, ridiculous. I know you were... You were you were tweeting about it uh, through the account soon after. Oh, it was absolutely sensational! Like heart of the mouth stuff. I mean, if no one's seen it, get it watching it now. I mean, the, 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 the crazy thing is, is that Xander Clark isn't that far off his line. Exactly. <laughs> it's know, a it, ridiculous strike. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those. Um, and I think uh, I think Davison said it well at the end. Is that he's he's not even Clark's fault. Like you've just got to sometimes hold your hands up and say, yeah. "That was just a stunner." <laughs> um, and a fitting tribute to uh, Jim McLean on their first game at Tanner Dice since his passing as well which was um, a nice moment but yeah 2-2 another draw though for Dundee United as I say wins have been hard to come by um, so I guess I will throw this question to you John is Shanklin somebody you're considering are there any other Dundee United players you like as bright spots what's your thoughts on where they are currently I just, I still think Shanklin's too expensive um, for the way as well that uh, Dundee United are playing under Nicky Mellon. I mean, don't get me wrong, they've been set up very well and they're very difficult to beat, but they just aren't adventurous enough for me. And I think that is holding Shanklin back. So if you're going striker, I still think it's Nicky Clark. Just signed a new two-year deal this week as well at Tannadice. So a bit of confidence in that, I'm sure. Uh, quite a nice time to get a new contract, during, especially during all this COVID strike. Yeah, um, so Johnston-wise, did anyone see Chris Kane's little turn? Oh, McGeady turn. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, I was going to go Berbatov. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stunning bit of skill. I always quite liked him as a player as well, but again, I don't know. if Is he starting every week? Uh, he's starting to, ahead of Scobie. You'll know uh, who's, who's been dropped lately St. Johnston. My stinker of the season, almost, so far. I actually texted John before I brought in Stevie May, and I said, I've not been this excited about a transfer in all year. And since I brought him in, he hasn't started, and he's scored <laughs> two points. <laughs> I was looking at that fixtures, and I was, and I was just thinking, this is the one. Um, and I think Melamed, he, he, was, he was sort of handed out in the summary of the game after as a man of the match. Um, I don't know if that was official, but he, he was quite impressive. Uh, he seems to be a goal scorer, and, and that's obviously where they've been lacking. So I think they'll give him a chance. They'll give him some game time. And it's difficult because I thought Steve, I did see good signs of life from Stevie May, but um, yeah, maybe they want to give the new boy a shot. So it looks like May will be coming out of my team fairly yeah, I, rapidly. Right, I read a good interview with Melamed this week. You know, obviously moved over from Israel in the, <laughs> during a pandemic. Um, and his missus moved over him as well, but it's a difficult time to, to find your feet in a new country, especially somewhere like Scotland and especially somewhere like McDermott Park with no fans. Like, yeah. um, and well, there's also some really, uh, interesting stuff about it. He's really, his movement's very sophisticated, like the way he creates space in the box and things like that. So I think he is quite an intelligent player and definitely one to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 4.9 million. He dropped down a bit from when he first got brought in. Um yeah, he had an amazing goal-scoring pedigree. I remember us talking about it when he, when he first signed. So, yeah, wait and see. But, yeah, Kane's been quite good too. Um, so, that's now. I think that's another thing, another nail in, the, in Stevie May's coffin. 
um, because actually Kane looks like another good option there. Moving on to um, other misfiring target men. Let's talk about the Aberdeen Rangers game. John. So, little recap. Roof out, obviously, that injury. I'm sure will have sent shockwaves through the fantasy football Scotland community. Uh, Hadji uh, was the only kind of major change then coming in um, to, to cover that injury. Uh, so, obviously, Rangers looking for their second win of the season at Pitodre after their opening day win. To recap a little bit, Morales was slightly tame at the start when a chance fell um, his way. You were thinking, is this a sign of things to come? And then a chance fell to Cosgrove, and it was uh, miles away. Mainly <laughs> Cosgrove up top together. What did you make of that, John? I just can't understand why he's still persisting with Curtis Main. And then even in the game that was just cancelled against Livy, he was going Main up front again. As he said, I don't think Main's good enough. I thought um, Ross McCrory was a huge loss in this game. I actually didn't think Aberdeen were that bad. Uh, yeah. I thought for 20 minutes, we're all right. And you just you miss a player like McCrory to help energise uh, the midfield. And then it ultimately came down to that moment uh, from Ryan Hedges. I mean, this is what happens when you play a winger at right wing back, effectively. <laughs> not fully in control of his movements when he's trying to yeah. track back. Or Morelos, yeah. uh, who goes down and, and they get the penalty. Um, so, but yeah. This is not a drill. James Tavenier missed the penalty. Can we believe it? All of us who had surely captained him and continued to captain him every week. I actually <laughs> flicked, um, I saw the penalty. I think I saw, uh, I wasn't watching the game. I saw a message come in, put the radio on, listened to it, and he went, penalty, and I'm like, and he scores it. And I went, oh, brilliant. But oh, and then, obviously, the commentator had been sitting in a funny part of the pitch because he thought I'd obviously gone in. Because it does look that way. It pings off the back post, comes into the net. And I think they had a bit of a, oh, moment afterwards. And they realised I actually hadn't gone in. I think they just, as anyone would, um, take it for granted that Tav would, would score. It ended up being a pretty awful day for Tav, especially if you captained in. If you were lucky enough to captain in, you ended up with minus four points, was it? Minus two. Did you catch? Well, to be honest, knowing the refs this year, I'm surprised they didn't just give it as a goal, even though it went <laughs> wide. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's tough ass for Aberdeen after that red card. Um, my question is: Is Tavernier now droppable? Because he's been hovis for weeks now, well, conceding goals. Am I clutching at straws? That's my question. You definitely, you definitely clutching well, at straws. Let's but... let's say is he is he an automatic captain then? Because he wasn't my captain this week. Just to, just so you say that, it was David Turnbull. It's a good question, John. <clears throat> I, I, I think he's still going to be captain for me uh, just because he's got so much credit in the bank, as it were, and there's no other outstanding regular um, scorers that do that. But, yeah, I mean, he got found out a bit for the, for the Aberdeen goal, but obviously that doesn't count fantasy football Scotland-wise. He'll be kept on penalties, won't he? And he still takes all the corners and loads of free kicks and, you know, is very <laughs> attacking. So, And, I mean... He's been hovis for weeks. Um, is minus one obviously this weekend gone? Fair enough. Seven points the week before. Six points the week before that. Seven the week before that. Seven the week before that. Two the week before that. So I assume that's what you were talking about. And it was just 11, 16, 13, 20, 13, 10, 13, and 14 the weeks before that. If you're going to so, dig into the stats, you know you can make anything. So I um, I don't know if he's droppable. I'm certainly not going to be going to get dropped. But I think you make a good point around. Um, you know, I think. It will, we'll struggle to see the same amount of clean sheets being held by Rangers into the second half of the season. So, um, 
you know, yes, maybe there's a there's a there's a chance to to move that cap to zero. Just think for any player, it's difficult to keep up that level, especially for a right back. It's difficult to keep up that level of consistency. Yeah, and dip at some stage, you know. He's played almost every minute, hasn't he, as well? So pretty much. So you know, it's it's kind of understandable. But you know, I thought he was still good. Just to recap on what happened in the game after the red card, yes, missed the penalty. Um, Lewis kept out Kent with a really good save. Um, you know, earlier on, just after that, but I thought Kent was brilliant all day. Um, sets up Morelos uh, for his first cute little finish for Morelos, um, and then same again. Kent plays Morelos in a little flick this time, and Morelos bags. It's either red cards or goals against Aberdeen. It seems for Morelos. Um, yeah. I'm sure his mother was very proud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I was really impressed with the way that, um, with the sort of tempo and style of football Rangers played when Aberdeen went down to ten men. You know, they kept on the edge of the box, but they moved it intelligently. It wasn't just sort of passing for the sake of it and moved Aberdeen players around. And then Morelos looks definitely like one to bring into your team at eight point two million. He's expensive, but with Roof out, he's the main man through the middle for Rangers. And if he's finishing like that, he's a good shout. Yeah. I have to agree. I have to agree. I was, I was, I was going to ask you. Um, and yeah, the final point on it, Kennedy pulled one back, ruined the clean sheet, which was disappointing, obviously. Um, final score, 2-1. I thought, I thought at that point, you know, that's when fans in the stadium really impacts a game. Like, you know, it's Aberdeen are down to 10 men, but they just scored against the biggest rivals, Rangers, with sort of 20 minutes to go. And you'd really expect a sort of full potentiality to get behind the team and really get up and at them. As it happened, Aberdeen actually didn't create anything really uh, going forward there. Yeah, and it's a funny one. I think um, we've spoken about it a little bit, but Ferguson, you know, has been not scoring the points that he did. I mean, I think to be fair, he was a it was a, a bit of a shock. He scored as many points as he did in that in that purple patch that he had. Um, but you know, at midfield and out, attacking players for Aberdeen aren't really bringing an awful lot of points back. Um, now the fixtures do get a bit more attractive now, but um, it's difficult. I think we spoke about this last week, but it's difficult to to look at anything but Aberdeen defenders or maybe Julius if you stretch to him. Um, but it's yeah, a tricky one as well with, with Scott Wright. You know, his contract's up in the summer, and there's been a lot of chat about him potentially going to Rangers. Which, to be honest, I can't really understand from his perspective, because he's probably just going to sit on the bench and at this stage of his career, he just needs loads of games. Mm. And also, from Rangers' point of view, like whilst Wright's been decent, he's only scored once and got two assists in 13 games this season. He's hardly like setting the league alight. Yeah. Bizarre. You know the Greg Stewart? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. No more Greg Stewart. <laughs> So moving on, final game we want to focus on. Um, we were hoping to actually talk about two of their games, but the all-weather pitch at Livingston has been struggling with the recent weather, um, which is <laughs> ironic to say the least. We've, we had our second cancellation in 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 what three games, and the other one was postponed. Uh, they were meant to play uh, Celtic obviously last night, um, and that did not go ahead. But they did manage to get the game against Royal County played on Sunday and they were looking for win number six. Um, so Robinson, who John convinced me not to bring in um, before the game week, got them off to a flyer after a few minutes. <laughs> uh, Lobs laid law. It's his second lob in about three or four weeks. Really nice, tidy little finish from Robinson. 
And actually, to your point that you were making earlier in the in the first part there about you know whether there's someone you know within the Livingston team that you'd really point at to you know for to to sort of like put down to their their recent success, I think Robinson's actually arguably one of them. Would you not agree? Yeah, certainly would agree on that. Um, but as I was saying earlier, I just think it's more of a team. Like they had. Uh, They've got Guthrie, Mullen, Robinson. They brought Forrest off the bench. He's a proper decent player as well. It's like they they just seem to be. I don't know what Martindale's done. From what I heard, he's really tactical, which is not something you hear a lot about Scottish managers, really. Um, and just seems to have got whatever formula he's got going. It's just it's working. And they've got a double header be Celtic next. Uh, they're 92 to beat Celtic on Saturday, by the way. And that's a decent value. Any gamblers out there. But, uh, but yeah, I just think. Don't know. It just it seems difficult to stop them at the minute. I have to laugh um, with the Celtic fan being like, "It's really strange because they're actually really tactical." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> use these things called uh, tactics. Um, I don't know. You get so many blood and thunder managers in Scotland. <laughs> you know, like Tommy Wrights and stuff, or like yeah, not so much yeah. Tommy Wright, but you know what I mean. Like I don't know, Stephen Robinson and, um, and hammer throwers, Robbie Nielsen. Most <laughs> <laughs> particularly impressive. Gabe, just to build on that, is that before Martindale was appointed, it was one point from 15. Exactly. It's proper turnaround. They must love him. The players must love him. But it's not the first time they've done it. I mean, Holt had a run like this as well when he first came in, didn't he? So they've, well, they've improved you know, their run. No one's, got, no one's had a Martindale run, man. Yeah. No one's had a Martindale run. That's true. Uh, yeah, so back to it. 1-0 up, Robinson, after a few minutes. Um and then I guess the run of play, Charlie Lacken gets Ross County back in it, uh, draws them level. Ollie Shaw actually had a chance straight after that to make it 2-1. Uh, Ollie Shaw playing up top on his own. Looks like um, Stewart is out at the free at the moment. Um, so going into the second half of 1-1, triple change. John Emmanuel Thomas comes on along with Forrest, and I forget who else. Um, but Big Jet starts a move which sees Pittman. Uh, play in Alan Forrest and make it 2-1 on about 81 minutes, I believe it was. And Pittman was the one I brought in instead of Robinson. I was tossing up between the two of them. Um, and I would actually say a shout-out to him. I think he's looked neat all year. Um, and he's been quite a big part of Livingston's success. Albeit hasn't always contributed goals. But I think he, he kind of is a bit of the glue that holds the, holds the team together, especially when they've got good wide players like Mullen and Robinson playing out there. Um, he kind of connects everything together. So I, I do like Pittman and, uh, you know, he's got a few goals, only 4.5 million too. Uh, and then final uh, goal came from Hamilton. I was forced to set him up for that 3-1. So a nice appearance off the bench for Alan Forrest. Uh, and I know a lot of people have got him in their teams. So where'd you go with Livingston assets now? We, you know, we were bye, bye, bye last week. We continue to think that way. What are your thoughts? I think you have to keep going with it. Um, I just want to say there, Scobie, uh, John Emmanuel Thomas, obviously a relative of J. Emmanuel Thomas, who came on for uh, for Livingston at the weekend. Um, the I think, yeah, I think you just have to keep going with it. And there's my other stat that might not be true, but uh, I read the other day, I think it's the third best um, start for a new manager in Scotland behind Martin O'Neill and George Burley, is David Martindale's. I think he needs two more wins, I might be right in saying. To get, I think Burley got to eight or nine wins in the trot. No. But before he beats that but yeah I say I mean the thing you've got that's a bit strange at the minute I think in Scottish fantasy is because Celtic assets who are the most expensive aren't really assets at the minute you kind of do have a bit of money to you don't really not so much looking for bargains so you're almost left with money left over now 
I think you do need to get some Livingston players in. But again, it's it's almost quite difficult to justify getting when you've got an extra five million sitting in the bank sort of thing. Um, I think that's a really good point, Gabe. Is yeah, normally you're you're at that point in your budget that you you're playing around like point one, point two mil, but I'm I've got like surplus of like three mil. So you just think you automatically jump in trying to buy the most expensive available player, but it's actually no no, take a step back here. Livingston are the team form in Scotland, so it has to be John Guthrie, it has to be Robinson, it has to be Pittman, it has to be Forrest. Well, Forrest coming off the bench, it'd be interesting if he starts, wouldn't it, Scobie? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think Martindale probably wants to rotate them. He was thinking he's got two big games against Celtic coming up. Don't know if there's a bit of bite in there for Alan Forrest. He'll certainly want to play that game. Um, so, yeah, just rotate it. But, you know, they, that was that was so inspiring, seeing three players come off the bench and they really just completely changed the game. And that's what he said at the end. He said that was the, the you know, that made him more delighted than anything um, to be able to change the game like that. So, you know, whether they've got a bit of scope to bring a couple more players in. We talked about the Brighton Riley, um, you know, just the other week there. So maybe there could be a couple more loan moves or something. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really exciting times. I mean, to be fair, there would have been no better time for them to play Celtic than last night. They were, I'm sure would have been raring to go for that. Um, but gives them a bit more time. They can continue this run. They're still up on cloud nine. Um, all these wins in a row and, and we'll see. But yeah, I don't think Celtic will be wanting to play them anytime soon, will they? What do you reckon is the ceiling? Where can they finish? I think it's a really good question. I think, you know, you look at Hibbs' fall off of form lately and Forrest's not out of the question. I mean, as Aberdeen haven't been brilliant either, could they go third? I think they could maybe get fourth. I'm not sure about third. Fifth for me. I do think uh, Hibbs will turn it around. Um, and I think three, you know, Aberdeen Hibs will pull away a bit, but I think they could be on a little island on their own in fifth if the rest of the teams are playing the way that they are. Usually, McInnes is a good run of form with Aberdeen at sort of this part of the season. Is it near the end of the season they go on a bit of a winning streak? Yeah, yeah. looking then, like, looking a bit less confident on that, John. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just, yeah. Don't play the old farm, basically. I mean, you know, they've only lost three games all season, and it's two Rangers and Celtic. Um, but on, on a final point on Livingston being all around good guys, I obviously paid 20 quid for uh, this game with Aberdeen Libby uh, last night. Uh, then turned on to my horror, see the guys uh, shaking hands and walking off, saying that's game over. But they have refunded me my money within a day. Thanks, John. I was going to ask you that, John. Glad to hear that. <laughs> Celtic would not. So we'll bring them back down to earth with uh, Livingston. You're a little bit greedy asking for 20 quid, um, but good. Good run of form, boys. Uh, and I think that kind of concludes us for our three key matches of the week there was. Welcome back to part three, the final part of this week's fantasy Fitbar pod. Sometimes sorry is the hardest word, gent, isn't it? <laughs> I thought you were going to say welcome back to part three of this week's therapy session for uh, <laughs> recovering Celtic band. Yeah, gig, and if you can just transfer us to cash afterwards. Uh... <laughs> Ready and waiting. <laughs> so this is the part, listeners, that we will take to the Twitter sphere. Uh, they've been people have been getting in touch again, asking us questions, and we're going to put our panel of Gagan and Scobie on the spot 
asking them about uh, about the questions about what, what they've asked. So here we go, without further ado. So Brophy, uh, this is from Stevie on Twitter. Brophy has gone to St Mirren. Now, there's two parts to this question. Is he considerable at St Mirren? But also, Brophy's clearly a bad influence in the Killy dressing room, right? Because as soon as he's left, their form's uptick. So who are you looking at at Kilmarnock? Well, it's a weird transfer, isn't it? It's, yeah, it was an odd one. And is, was it, were Aberdeen not interested as well? Did I read that? So, or, I mean, Aberdeen were interested, but I don't think a decent offer was put on the table and couldn't guarantee him minutes. I wonder if he's gone for minutes. Yeah, but he so also had, meant to go at the end of the season and then there was such unrest that they decided, you know, it was better for all parties involved two days later for him just to move. So that was a bit of an odd, um, an odd one as well. So, look, Samaria come into on a really good bit of form. Uh, Albika's not been um, firing all cylinders. McGrath's been the one getting the goals from them, mostly from penalties. He's got seven this time. I think that's their top. So, yes, they're in need of a goal scorer and they do create chances. So, he's a bit expensive still. I thought he was always far too expensive. Um, you know, in this game, they, they sort of priced him out almost. He's 5.3 million at the moment. So, he's dropped down on where he was originally. Um, so, it's intriguing, but I'd like to see him play and score before I'm, I'm considering the move personally. I think talent-wise, definitely someone you should be interested in. But I hadn't, I hadn't taken into account Kilmarnock's uptick in form since he left, actually, or since, since he's been out of the team. Um, again, I'm with you, Scobie. I'd like to see him play. I think 5.3 is a little bit excessive. And there is that, that range of striker in Scottish fantasy, your sort of third, second, third striker. There's so many others that are just kind of a little bit more tasty than him. But you know, he scores a double at the weekend. You might be looking a little bit differently at him. St. Mirren have definitely needed a goal scorer all season. Definitely. Your, your man Abika has not quite cut the mustard, John. No, I know. <laughs> he, sold, he sold him to me as well. I'm on a horrible run of striking striking selections um, between him, Shankland and me. But one man I've stuck by, and he's done very well uh, to answer the second part of this question from Stevie, um, is Greg Kilty. He has surely got to be that. I think everybody probably turned their back on him when he wasn't getting the minutes. Yeah. Um, but he got two goals at the weekend. That's three goals in three for him. And very good goals in very different ways. Um, so, yeah, well done if you stuck by him through his rough patch. I'm patting myself on the back for that. Um, yeah, Kilty's the one for me. Yeah, second was an absolute peach. 2.9 he costs. So, yeah. sod all, basically free, isn't it? But, but again, it's, it's back... About- about money in this game. Exactly, I, mean, I, got, yeah. I got a mini was 2.2, I think. So I've made 0.7 up. I mean, I think I've got, well, I'm about 65 million now for my squad. So I've made an, I've got an additional 5 million to play with from the start of the year. It's mad. You need to pat yourself on the back for something else, go with. Like. Yeah. Keep patting I've told you about FPL yet. <laughs> I should have introduced him with fourth in FPL. But yeah, honestly, his head's been the size of a balloon <laughs> since then. <laughs> Kagan, Kilmarnock, are you just thinking purely Kilty or Whitehall's been starting up front? I'm still, my, my Kilmarnock players are still um, Chris Burke. I've, I've, I've just rate Kabamba as a player. I know he doesn't do it from a fantasy perspective, but I just love him as a player. I love that. I don't know. He's always performed well against Celtic. And whenever I see him, it just looks like a handful. Um, Kilty, again, you're looking at, but it's down to this price thing. I think you either have to get past the mentality of finishing all your money or you have to just be like, what's you know, picking out the decent players, as you were saying earlier. Um, but yeah, we could consider Kilty. Chris Burke's still my man, though. 
Very good. All right, next question. The old man, uh, the old man from the shed, Jerry Moore, uh, has got in touch this week with a few questions. So I've picked one here. I don't think we've really covered this week. And he's asking if new manager bounces are worth backing. So I suppose you'd be looking at Graham Alexander at Motherwell. And I suppose, you know, John Hughes is still relatively new in the job at County. How are you guys feeling about those players? Again, similar, like, don't know much, but Graham Alexander's from Fleetwood, isn't he? Um, from what I've heard, he's quite a... Um, oh, yeah. yeah, he's quite a, a dour style of football. And that Motherwell team's got loads of attacking talent in it basically or just like loads of sort of flair players so I think I'm going to give a little bit of time for Motherwell see if he's going to see who he's going to pick for strikers see if he can get what playing but County I'm pretty keen to get involved um, a bit bit like Ollie Shaw it seems like Yogi Hughes is sticking with him we'll need to let need to wait and see but I think once Yogi starts implementing his free-flowing football that he loves I think there'll be definitely avenues to get involved with Ross County and start backing them um, but I think, I, I was, think it's still just a bit early. It was Peyton that got the assist as well, who we have talked about. He's popped up a bit, so another county name we throw out there would be Harry Peyton. Um, to go back to Motherwell, for me, yeah, I think I get the sense that he's gonna his first job there is just to make them a bit harder to beat, and I think he will do that. He said he has a good base to build on. I think that's probably a fair assessment, um, you know, and make them a bit more solid. They're not going to score those goals. But, you know, that does make their defenders become a bit more attractive. And I think, I don't know if anyone knows this, actually, but I think Liam Donnelly is meant to be back at some point in the next... God, do you I remember the next month or so? We were, we were about Liam Donnelly at the start of the season because he's on penalties. Yeah, <laughs> but Liam Donnelly was fantastic. He is on penalties. If he comes back into it, mm. Liam Donnelly might be one to see the season out with. I wonder if Deffy Gallagher is going to be there by the end of January. Because he's at a contract at the end of the season. I've heard yeah. whispers of him coming to Celtic. Yeah, Liverpool are probably sniffing around him as well. <laughs> probably are. Nice <laughs> that. Brilliant. Yeah. He's at that stage of his career, Deki Gallagher. I mean, Scooby, you raised this for me. Like, he's late 20s, isn't he? This is his, you know, his stock's never going to be higher. Exactly. Having, uh, played so brilliantly for Scotland in those games. You can completely understand why he's maybe looking for that big money move uh, at this stage in his career. So, final question from the Twitter sphere this week is from Justin. Oh, he's gone a bit rad with this one. So, he says, yes, I have a question. What in the name of sweet fuck is going on this season? I thought FPL was a dumpster fire, but Fantasy Football Scotland is some next level shit. Sorry about the language, but I had tab and hedges. <laughs> Justin, welcome to Scottish football. <laughs> Good question. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know how to answer that, to be honest. I mean, it's fo football in a whole, the world in a whole. It's difficult to predict currently. Yeah. It's, it's not coronavirus, it's an all weather pitch that you can't play on in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, oh, that's baby laughing. Uh, but I mean, he's almost echoing my feet. I've been saying from the start of the season, null and void. Null and void this season. It's not fair. It's too dangerous. Get it nulled. Get it voided. It is. The weather's just far too dangerous. Speaking of null and void, who wouldn't want the season to be null and voided based on their positioning in the fantasy fit bar pod league, Scooby? Very good segue, John, as I rush to grab my phone and check. Uh, no, it's uh, there's no change at the top. It is still Andrea, winning, loser, draw, um, who is top of our table. And I've noticed Andrea is actually... 
in the top sort of 30 or 40 in the whole game, uh, wow. I believe. I cannot remember. It's certainly um, fairly high up. 46th. She finds Just a reminder, she, I don't know if you heard her. She started a week late. Really? Yeah. <laughs> week late is 46th and it's top of our it's top of our league, so pretty fair, my my team week one was like the definition of a car crash before you didn't before we really read into any of the rules or anything <laughs> absolute shambles and um, i'm sure it's not the only one. probably an advantage starting a week after oh, just a, a little segue as well do you see what the overall top scorer in overall scottish fantasy football got this week no it's a shambles he's <laughs> been like hedges tavernier everything i think it's like 16 yeah. points or something yeah, seven so, yeah. points. Top He's there for the taking. <laughs> our, um, our top scorer on that point was uh, in the league was 47 points, which I think is the lowest we've had with all those cancellations and whatnot. That was, had you like me now? Good name, Mark Lane. Well done, top scorer. Although he does find himself down in 43rd, so some work to be done. Just above Frank Lampard is Guff by Danny Nielsen. <laughs> 44. <laughs> anyway... Um, <laughs> that I think just about sums us up for the week um, lots to look forward to next week hopefully all the games go ahead um, Craig Mr Gagan I just want to thank you again for coming on I hope it was cathartic and you got those things off your chest yeah thanks for having me boys as I say if you use your platform for good remember it's null remember it's and and then it's void that's what we need <laughs> that's the sort of chant we need to be getting out these days alright Nah, thanks for having me, boys. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on, Gagan, and listeners. All the best for your fantasy football Scotland teams this weekend.